Wells, of course, had long since been put out to pasture by 1970 when he began making The Other Side of the Wind, which is a movie that sought to comment directly and I think ambiguously or ambivalently or contradictorily on the changes that hit Hollywood in the late 1960s and early 1970s. It was largely self-funded by Wells. It shot with an all-volunteer crew between 1970 and 1976 and was still being edited for many years after. So its production more or less spanned the entire new Hollywood movement. (laughs) Had it actually been released at the end of the 1970s, it would have been around the time that movies like Jaws and Star Wars were famously ushering in the next era of Hollywood. I have a question about Wells's response to the new Hollywood. I mean, you've, you've pointed out that he was, you know, a skeptic of it. He was a little bit cynical about it. He didn't like the idea. It's seems that these kind of older popular directors, you know, your Howard Hawkses, I mean, not the, not just that they were retiring in the, li- the literal sense, but that they were sort of their sensibility, which had been a very sort of popular one, you know, it was being replaced by, you know, something that thought of itself more consciously as art. I mean, I found um, an old article of his from a publication called Look, uh, published in 1970, in which he's talking about the new Hollywood trend to deify the director. And he compares, you know, this sort of proliferation of shots of directors on cranes. Uh, He says it reminds him of Mussolini on his balcony. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Which for all those listening, you know, who know anything about Orson Welles, and to me as well, uh, you know, it seems like a bit of an odd remark coming from someone like him who is clearly one of the original auteurs. So I don't know, can you make any sense of that for us? I think we're hitting at one of the central contradictions in Welles' work and life, which makes much of his work interesting. In his films, he's a critic of power, but he also loves powerful men. A criticism that you could level at Citizen Kane is that it's a critique of a William Randolph Hearst type figure that can't see beyond that kind of figure. It's entirely immersed in his world. In Touch of Evil, it's obviously very critical of Quinlan, the corrupt cop, but it also ends on a note of ambivalence about, well, you gotta hand it to him. There's that line at the end of the movie about, he was a great detective but a terrible cop. The Charlton Heston character is kind of the opposite, you know, a great cop, but a terrible detective. The Magnificent Ambersons is all about this ambivalence about the old world crumbling, but also seeing the new world as inevitable and questioning if some of the nostalgia for the old world is empty. I think you see a bit of that in Wells himself. I mean, you know, in F for Fake, he sort of has some cheeky fun with his own image. He puts himself on a kind of moral level with the fakers in the movie, like Elmir Dahori, calling himself a charlatan. He said in interviews that he doesn't actually think he's a charlatan. But nevertheless, he does remind us that he established himself in the popular consciousness with the most famous hoax of all time, the War of the Worlds broadcast. Well, and of course, there's also that, uh, I guess, lesser known Wells film that I think is only about 70 or 80 minutes long, The Immortal Story, which I've only seen once. But I think that can probably be taken as at least an oblique comment, you know, in the same vein as those that you're raising, because it's all about how myth, you know, even when its constituent parts are a fiction, takes on, you know, a power unto itself and and therefore, in a sense, becomes real. So I suppose further to what you were just saying, there's something in Wells that's constantly dancing around and trying to grapple with this elemental contradiction between having great reverence for power, in a sense, not just, you know, the, the, the power of the characters, you know, that you mentioned, but also, you know, the power of the director, the power of cinema as a mass medium and as an artist 
art form. But then on the other hand, cinema is a contrivance. It's artifice, you know, and, and towards the end of Ep for Fake, you know, Wells styles himself as a literal kind of magician who's doing fakery. The War of the Worlds broadcast, you know, being just one example he brings up. 